All right, welcome in to a happy post-game show. Dance class presented by Burger Smokehouse every night after Missouri basketball. The Tigers tonight, an 81-70 winner over South Carolina. Before we get going with your comments, your calls, anything you guys want to say, want to pay a couple bills, and for that we want to thank Burger Smokehouse who presents this show Every single night after every single Missouri basketball game the rest of the season, Burgers is a third and fourth generation family-owned and operated business out of California, Missouri. All kinds of smoked meats. They've got ribs. They've got turkey. They've got ham. They've got bacon. They've got pulled pork. They've got brisket. They've probably got some other stuff. Uh, you can get it at most grocery stores across the state of Missouri. High V, Price Chopper, uh, Deerberg's, Schnooks, CNR, Woods. There's a lot of them. Uh, go check them out. They have been great partners to us. Uh, they fed me a few times during football and basketball season. They will do the same for you. Appreciate you guys being here on the postgame show. Uh, Mizzou 81, South Carolina 70 tonight. Missouri now 9-2 and on the season, 3-2 and in the Southeastern Conference. Things looking a little bit more wide open because of things like Florida 75, Tennessee 49. Uh, Missouri certainly in the upper half of the Southeastern Conference standings right now. They've got a chance to be higher than that. So the way this works is we're building up some comments over here in the chat. I appreciate that. We're certainly going to take those, address those as we go along. After Conzo Martin's press conference, which I'm going to play here in just a minute, we're going to open up the phone lines. We'll take your calls. Basically, we're here for as long as you guys want to talk about Missouri basketball. Jeremiah Tillman, great. Mark Smith, really good again. Drew Smith did what Drew Smith does, really solid, filled up the stat sheet. Um, and Missouri got a win, which was never really in doubt. They took the lead 53 seconds in. They led 10-0. And South Carolina was rarely closer. I, I think they maybe got within five or six at one point in the first half. But it was never any closer than that. It was never a one-possession game after it was 10 nothing, which is good. Um, low stress is a nice thing to have for you guys, for us, I'm sure, for Conzo Martin. We did talk to the coach after the game, so I want to play that for you guys. It's about a 10-12 minute press conference. We'll play that. We'll come back. We'll take your comments, your questions, your calls, all that here on the dance class. Uh, good, tough win. Um, all around, uh, I think, good team effort. It's one of those games, of course, you know, cliche, you got to finish the game, but this is one of those games we have to finish the game, especially when they have five perimeter guys out there making plays, attacking the rim. And I thought Jeremiah, this is his best game, in my opinion, when a team goes small and moving his feet, guarding smaller guys. So I thought Anderson came in, gave him big minutes. Jeremiah did a great job posting, keeping balls alive, rebounding, making the next play. So, and then also happy to see Mark shooting the ball well, but he was ready to shoot before. As soon as the ball was coming, he was ready to shoot the ball, and uh, that's, so that was good. All right, we'll go to questions. Joel, hey, coach. Uh, this is Mark Smith's second game in double figures since the fourth game of the season and his best game since non-conference play. What went into you know, his confidence today, and did you tell him anything different before the game? No, no, no. I, I, don't think it's, I don't think his confidence has, has gone anywhere, even in, in previous games. One, it's our job to get him in position to score the ball. But more importantly, it's his job to be shot ready when it presents itself, because as, as a really good shooter, you're not going to get always clean looks, but you have to be ready to shoot the ball. And he was ready to shoot the ball tonight. And I thought he was ready to shoot it the last game. It just didn't go in. But he was ready to shoot it tonight. And again, like we talk about it all the time, ready to shoot, then you attack off the dribble when it presents itself. But don't, don't have in your mind uh, preconceive what you do before the ball gets to you. That's, if you open, shoot the ball. And he did that. Uh, sorry, sorry, Coach. There's a follow-up. Uh, sorry if you don't mind. Um, kind of play where he hit after that first three, uh, and he curled off the high screen and pulled a moving three. Did you draw that up? Do you give him that kind of green light or what? Oh, you got the green lights at three point. All of them got the green light to do what they do. I mean, if you do it in practice, you have the green light to do it in the game. Ben Arnett. 
Conzo, your team playing with the lead tonight. I mean, obviously you jumped out to a lead and, and every time Carolina, you know, knowing that they were going to make runs, you're able to repel them. What did, what did you see from your team in those moments where they were able to um, constantly keep the game cocks at bay all night, play with the lead? Just being strong because they, they're, they're a team that they have really good drivers. I mean, you're talking about two high-level scores in Lawson and Cousinor, and I thought our guards did a tremendous job. Of course, you have one-on-one -on -one assignments, but it's also team help. So another guy might get a shot here and there, but you don't want those two guys to get off. But I, we didn't do a very good job with Brian and, and Manaya keeping those guys off the glass as, as, as four men. But other than that, I thought we did a great job as a team. But, but again, you know they'll drive, they'll make plays, they keep balls alive with their offense. I thought we did a, a, a good job with our transition defense, uh, and uh, we were better in the second half. Dave Matter. John, do I know you never take uh, Jeremiah's production for granted, but is he at the point now where you expect this every night and he's that reliable? I hope so. I hope so. I, I, I think, um, you know, like some guys, the, the opponent is the, the competition. I think Jeremiah's opponent is Jeremiah. And I said it uh, with, with, with all due respect and grace, it's just a matter of him understanding who he is as a player, his talent level, his physicality. And, and then the other part is the, the, the wisdom over a course of, you know, almost four years now completed. And, and the bumps in the road, the journey in which, you know, the pain, the struggles, the ups and downs, the highs and lows, he's learned from those lessons and he's grown from them. He, he embraced it and sometimes, you don't want to look in the mirror at some of those things to help you get better. But he's embraced that. Now you're starting to see the results of a talented big man. Mitchell Forty. Conzo, you mentioned the transition defense. Did you all kind of beat South Carolina game as far as getting running uh, that was kind of available? I guess, you know, is, is, is that how different is it? This season, having a team that's that's comfortable, I guess, you know, kind of running with a faster uh, opponent and, uh, and and being able to take advantage of those opportunities. Mitch, part of you cut off. You said is that, and I couldn't hear the rest. Sorry. Uh, I guess you know you all were able to, to to get out and run, even you know, with South Carolina or more so than them. How different is it, I guess, having a team that not only are you comfortable with them doing that, but they're able to execute on those opportunities. Oh, it's good. I mean, but, you know, that's that's something we've practiced when we started in September, uh, just trying to get out in transition, take advantage of easy opportunities. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, when, when I when I watch, like if I go back and watch film of when we played last year of, of opponents, just kind of see if you can catch some or see some. And we play so slow, it's like, man, what? That, that looks, man, it, it, it's like, why did I? Why did I coach that? You know, just because I wouldn't want to watch that now. I hope no fans heard that, but I mean, but no, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just you want to get up and down and play. You want to have some excitement. And the key is you have to continue to grow in that role and how you play that way, that pace you play. But you got to still be tough defensively to get stops. You got to try to play on both ends and play hard now. Might not hold teams of, you know, 50 points and all that, but you got to still be tough and do the things you need to do to win the game. But I, I like playing this way. I want our guys to get out in transition. We got to continue to cut down the, the careless turnovers. But I like the way we play. So, Uchi? Obviously, we see the points with Jeremiah and the rebounds, but are, are there just small parts of this game that he's still just kind of improving that you kind of see from day to day, game to game? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you watch him, you know, versus the double. It used to be, you know, three straight years, somebody double him. The first thing he do, he dribbles out and away from the rim to avoid the double. Now you see him. He put his chest toward the rim, and he's aggressive and he's strong with the ball. Um, and that's that's hard to guard. I mean, and he's a good free throw shooter. So you're making free throws, you're scoring around the rim. Now your other guys have opportunities to get offensive rebounds, to get clean looks from three. And, and you know, I've always envisioned our team to be able to throw the ball inside to him, to play off of him. So now guys can get clean threes. We don't have to force three-point shots because of the way teams defend him. Colin? Hey, Conza, do you have an update on X for us? I think he's fine right now, um, but I hadn't talked to the docs. I'm, I'm assuming he's fine. He finished the game, so that's all I have right now. Eric Blump. Conza, you said on Saturday that it was Kobe Brown's best game of his time in Columbia. Was tonight more of the same? After tonight? Was tonight kind of a replicate performance from what you saw on Saturday? Uh, I thought he could have been better defensively, meaning – you know, keeping Manaya and um, 
and uh, Brian off the glass. I thought it could have been better there, um, and he because he had a tough assignment keeping Mill off the glass uh, against A and M, which is a tough. And, and so I thought he could have been a little bit better. I mean, is a talented player, yes, but it's still work to do. Ben Hockman. Hey, Conzo, I know tonight's game is on the brain, but when you look forward to Tennessee, how can this new, if you will, next level Jeremiah play better or differently against Tennessee than the previous game? Well, I mean, Tennessee's a talented team. I think they had a tough loss tonight at Florida, but they're, they're a talented team. Again, like I said, Jeremiah, Jeremiah's opponent is Jeremiah because he's physically strong. If it's one-on-one -on -one down the post, I mean, it'd be tough for most teams. It's just... He's making good decisions. He's sound with the ball. He's reading the double team. He's finding open men. He's 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 rebounding at a high level. Um, man, just man, that's that's a hard matchup for any guy one on one. So that means you have to have multiple guys to help you, and that's that's where we have to do a better job of offensive rebounding. Kobe, Mitch, Javon, those guys. If they have two around Jeremiah Hovind, those guys have to do their job and get offensive rebounds. Dave Matter. Conzo, was a was a fast start critical tonight. I mean, the way that South Carolina has been through a lot lately, they played a late game Saturday on the road. And uh, was that was that important for you? I heard you say South Carolina role was that important. Just, they've, everything they've been through lately and they, they, they've coming off a, a tough road loss Saturday night just was, a, was a hot start, a good start, really critical for you. Oh, without, without question, get up and down the floor. Make plays, get to the rim, put pressure on because the way they play, you, you, if you go east and west, it'll be a long night for you. You got to attack downhill against these guys because they're so physical. They switch out high. They have you, have you passive. You got to get downhill and force the referee to make calls. If not, it'll be a long night for you. Mitchell, I think this was the most we've seen of Drew Bugs at least since conference play started. Uh, what did what did you think of what he was able to give you tonight? Thought he did a good job directing traffic as usual. I mean, I thought he did. Um, facilitated, got the ball where it needed to go, was strong with the ball, did a solid job defending uh, just as a leader. As, and, and I thought he did a good job playing within himself and playing his role. Colin? Hey, Konza, you mentioned uh, Manaya and AJ a little bit, but just what did you guys do so well defensively with them tonight? They were both averaging double figures coming into the game and they combined for 11. Um, you know, again, it's just you have one-on-one -on -one assignments, but but more than that, it's it's a team defense. When those guys have the ball, you have to have all eyes on those guys to make tough plays, tough decisions, to make them take tough pull-ups, pitch the ball to other guys. But you don't want those guys getting clean looks. And I thought Lawson had two clean looks in the first half from three. Uh, just, just didn't go in. But in the second half, I thought we did a great job of just staying on top of them, making them take back cuts, kind of corralling them into Jeremiah or Mitch if they're at the center position. And then Cousineau is a guy that makes plays off the dribbling, and he, he did some of it late within the last two or three minutes. And just chest to chest, keep him in front of you, make him take tough shots. We've got time for two more. Mason and Corte will be our last two questions. Mason. Hey, Coach. So there have been a couple of games this season where you've had really big runs early. How do those fast starts sort of change the flow of the game? Uh, I think you said we had a fast start. How does it change the flow of the game? I think it's helpful. It gives you confidence. You make shots. And for some reason, sometimes when you're making shots like that, your defense looks good. So I think it's helpful. And the last question for Conzo comes to Corte. Hey, Coach. Um, so the Gamecocks grabbed 20 offensive rebounds tonight. The team played great, Man. but what does that statistic indicate to you? Plenty of work to do. Um, I saw it up close. Uh, just plenty. We got to put – and, again, it's, it's just they, they had tremendous effort, and that's what they do. And the thing with them, you're talking about especially the main two guys, 6'6 six, six athletes. It's not like they you know, 6'10", 250 pounds. They were relentless, keeping balls high. And, and Brian is one at his size, one of the best I've seen is slashing and getting offensive rebounds. But we have to be better. We have to be better. Coach, congratulations. We'll let you go. All right. So, Conzo Martin, after an 81 70 win over South Carolina, that was, I, I mean, Missouri would stretch it out to 15, 16, and then South Carolina would get it back maybe to, to nine or 10. Missouri would stretch it back out. Uh, Missouri led the last. 39 minutes and seven seconds of this game, most of the time by double figures. Uh, 
it probably as complete a game as Missouri has played thus far. And what we want to do right now, I want to put this number up there. That's where you guys get in touch with us. Call the show. Hang on. I got to make sure I can fit it on the screen. Uh, call the show at 573-234-4935. That's where you get in touch with us. And um, we'll talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, you know, I would assume you want to talk about tonight's game. Uh, Jeremiah Tillman, maybe Mark Smith, um, maybe Drew Smith, maybe Xavier Pinson. I know we've got comments in the chat about all of that, but I am, uh, it would help if I would open the, the Skype line. So the Skype line is now open. If you've been trying to call, you can now call. Uh, it's at 573-234-4935. So that's my fault. I didn't have Skype open, but it will work now. So please call us. Um, we'll talk about whatever you guys would like to talk about. I Jeremiah Tillman now, four consecutive games, 19 points, nine rebounds, um, over that span. He had 19 and 10 tonight, but he's averaging 19 and nine for the last four games. We're going to go now to the phone line. We got the uh, 908 area code. Who am I talking to? What's up, Gabe? It's Schiff. What's up, Schiffer? How you doing, man? I've had a very long week, but I was able to tune in a little bit tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I've, uh, I've not had to cover the uh, biggest trade in college basketball can't make trades, so I'm good. Yeah, well, well, I guess if that transfer will get sad, right. I mean, you might see some stuff that looks like that a little bit, right? Or was that a stretch? Yeah, yeah, no, it's free agent market, yeah. Okay, so, so, so I don't lose the viewership. Um, Xavier Pinson has not played well lately. I would not go pro if I were him because I don't know what team would want him right now. How crazy am I? I here's the thing, though. You were here, I, I can't remember when you left, but like we were hearing after last season that Pinson might go pro. And I think he just kind of wants to go, whether it's NBA or, or not. Now, maybe they can talk him into staying another year if he if he's not going to get drafted in the NBA because I don't see – like, you cover the NBA. Is there anybody in the NBA that's his size? Yes, but they also have something they can hang their hat on. You know, like right. I look at – this isn't going to go well bringing this name up in Missouri fans, but – Right, Chris Chioza, he's on the Nets because I right. the team I cover. He's five nine, way limited, more limited defensively than than X, but he's a phenomenal passer and he understands coming into the game that his job is to set up the other four guys. I think X could easily be uh, have a role like that, like Chris Chioza. But the problem is, is that if X is going to hang his hat on passing, he's still throwing the ball to marching Mizzou. It seems like the few times I tune in, and so. I feel like he needs like a Jeremiah Tillman cleanse of come back a year and prove that, you know, your, your demons are behind you. And whether he's got to dig a hole in the middle of the arena and shout into it or something, I don't know. But I I think he could have a role. I just think that he's done himself no favors to to sell himself on that. Here's his his other problem as a pro. He's a 24% three point shooter from college distance. And like, that's, you know, he's not much above that. He's under 30 for his career. So if he's not going to make jump shots, I mean, he makes a living in college basketball, getting in the lane, being faster than everybody. And, and you know, he, he's got nice moves. But I don't, know that that tra- I don't know that that translates in the NBA. Like, I don't know if he can blow by guys on the perimeter in the NBA the way he does here. So you've got to be able to make a shot. And he just – I think another year would do him good. And, uh, it, look, I'm not sure he's ever an NBA player. Um, but also I've covered a lot of guys over time that like, they're just kind of done with school and they just want to move on. And maybe that's him. I don't know. And point guards come a dime a dozen in the pros, whether it's the yeah. NBA or, uh, or Europe or somewhere else. I mean, there's always, there's always a boatload of them. That's the other thing he's got, which is why I feel like he needs something to, to hang his hat on. And I just don't know what that is. Well, if he comes back next year, he can probably lead the team in scoring. I would think so. Well, that, maybe that's, that's true. His thing. That's yeah. true. All right, man. Well, pretty good to hear from you. Yeah, you can have a boulevard in your honor now. Uh, all right. Well, good deal. I'm having water, so I'm I'm glad somebody's having a boulevard. Uh, someone's got to make the sponsorship money for you, right? <laughs> you got it, man. Appreciate it, Chef. Have a good one, bud. You too, man. All right. That is, for those who don't know, you should all know, that was Alex Schiffer. Appreciate him kicking off the, uh, kicking off the calls. Schiff covered... 
uh, hoops and hoops recruiting for us for a couple years, worked for the Kansas City Star for a couple years. He now covers the New Jersey Nets. So should you have an interest in reading about Kyrie and James Harden and Kevin Durant and I guess Chris Chioza, uh, that's the only other player I now know on that team. But uh, follow follow Schiff over at The Athletic covering the Nets. So, uh, but look, we've got a couple more questions about Pinson and a couple, you know, Lucas uh, Lucas brings up the point that since we have to complain about something each game and Mark Smith finally scored today, can we move on to how X has been playing recently? He hasn't looked great this week and today only shot it three times. Um, so I would say a few things. First of all, you're right. He, he hadn't been great uh, this week. There's no question. He's had a couple of rough games in a row, um, hasn't played really well, Um wasn't wasn't all that good in the A&M game and actually sat most of the second half in that game. Um, and Drew Bugs played most of the second half. In this game, I didn't notice. I was working on two or three things, and frankly, it wasn't a close game. So I zoned out for a few minutes in the second half. So I didn't notice how much he was out there and how much it was Drew Bugs specifically in the second half. But they both ended the game with 19 minutes played. And, um, you know, X did take the Javon Pickett knee to the back of the head. I, I think that was in the first half. Um, but did come back from that, obviously no concussion or anything like that. So I, you're right. The, the, the ultimate point is you're right. He, he hasn't played very well the last two games, but other guys have, um, you know, it's, it's not going to be the same guy every night. There's, there's going to be a, a time maybe as soon as Saturday where Xavier Pinson leads this team in scoring or has eight assists or, you know, I, it, it comes and goes in basketball. I think it's, it's different guys every night. Um, so Pinson has shown me enough over the last two years that I don't think it's, the, it, it's a big concern. Hey, he's not playing great right now, but, but he will, he'll have nights. Um, and again, you've won three out of four, two in a row. So, you know, I, I think it's it, it's not anything, and and I appreciate kind of the uh, the sarcastic tone there from Lucas, but I don't think it's anything to uh, to be too concerned about at this point. Todd Julian wants to know: Tillman is playing better for Mizzou than any center since when? Is it really Steepo? It is certainly not Steepo. Um, I the first guy that came to mind, the most recent guy, I should say, not the first guy. The most recent guy that you could make an argument would be Alex Oriaki. Um, he not his entire season here, but he had like a six-game stretch where he shot like eighty-five percent from the field, and that's really not an exaggeration. It was late in the season um, when it was the year that Missouri ended up being an eight or a nine seed and played Colorado State in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and I specifically remember it because. Going into the NCAA tournament, he was on this ridiculous streak over six games. of, It was something like 31 out of 36 or something like that from the floor. And then he barely touched the ball against Colorado State. And I just remember thinking that whole game, like, why does he have two shots? What, what's going on here? So Oriaki did for a stretch, for a stretch about like Tillman has. Um, he never put up – he didn't quite average like 20 points a game, but he played really well. Um the last big man that I remember just like being a, a dominant big man for Missouri was Arthur Johnson. Um, I, I mean, I think he is one of the most underrated players in Missouri basketball history. And I don't know if it's because he played with, you know, Ricky Paulding and, and played on some teams with other, other good players and then played on a, a team his senior season that underachieved. But AJ, I felt like never got the, it also might've been because he just didn't look like he was going to be a great player. Like he didn't look super athletic. He was a big dude. Um, but he's never gotten the appreciation. I think he deserves He's top 10 in, in school history and rebounds. I think he still has the block shot record by like a bunch. Um, you know, so definitely Arthur Johnson was, is the gold standard for like the last 20 years. But Oriaki had a stretch like this. And and Ratliff, um, Ratliff wasn't really a center. I mean, I know he played center on that team, but he was more of like a four playing the five. But I, I think people forget how good that senior season was. Like most of that senior season, he was on pace to break the national record for shooting percentage. And the main reason he was, was because, I mean, Phil Pressey was just setting him up like, 
six inches from the basket. I don't think he ever shot a shot that wasn't a dunk or a layup. So, um, you know, those those are definitely the guys that are in the discussion. And, and, and Tillman's playing great. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to take anything away from what he's doing. But let's let's now see it extend. Hey, it's four games, so can you do it for six? Can you do it for eight? Can you do it for the rest of your senior season? And most importantly, can you do it in meaningful games? Because like Ryan Rossberg went on a tear the last eight games or whatever of his career, but Missouri wasn't playing for anything. And um, so it, it didn't mean quite as much, I think. Um, all the negativity toward Tillman, he deserves at least a few days of praise. And yeah, you know, I've, I've said this a few times about Tillman over the last uh, couple weeks. I think part of the reason he does get some of the, I don't want to call it hate, but some of the negativity is because people know this is in there. Like, he's done this at times before. Now, he's never done it four games in a row. Uh, this is the first time we're seeing that. But, like, you know this has been in there because you've seen it here and there for the last three and a half years. And people have always wondered, what if this ever came out consistently? What would Missouri have here? And you're finding out what they would have is, I, I mean, like an all-SEC level player. I, th I think if if the vote is taken today, I think Jer Jeremiah Tillman is first-team all-SEC. I don't know that he is the SEC player of the year because I just haven't looked around quite enough at the rest of the league and some of the individuals. Um, but I think he's definitely first-team all-SEC. Um, and – what you also have is a team that is playing for something now. They are playing for meaningful things. Uh, right now, I looked up the league standings, so I'm, I'm going to uh, jump back to them here real quick. Alabama is 6-0 and in the league. They are about to go 7-0 and um, because they are absolutely destroying LSU. Um, Tennessee is 4-2. and uh, after losing to Florida. Mississippi State is 4-2, and two, but losing to Ole Miss right now. So if Mississippi State loses that game, at 3-2, and two, Missouri and Kentucky are tied for fourth in the league, guys. Like, I, I know th there was this, there was a little bit of panic here and there, right? Uh, everything's going wrong. What's, what's happening? Well, Missouri actually is 17 minutes in Starkville away from being fourth place in this league. And... You know, now they, hey, they get Tennessee on Saturday. Things haven't gone well in Knoxville this week. It's, it's been a tough time for the Vols uh, athletic programs. Um, and, and then they're at Auburn. And, and, you know, they've got some games here coming up that are going to kind of determine how this season goes. Uh, so they're in a good position. Uh, we talked about Saturday and tonight being games that they needed to win to put themselves in position to do something important. They've done that. Uh, Tillman deserves credit. Mark Smith, who we haven't talked about yet. I think uh, there are probably some comments about him. We haven't talked about him quite yet, but um, Mark Smith found his jumper tonight. Three three-pointers, uh, five of nine, I think, from the floor, five of six from the free throw line. The most points he's had since Wichita State, which was the third game of the year. Drew Smith looks like he's back to playing the way he has normally played. Missouri shot 58% from the field. Tigers took 13 three-pointers. That's the game, guys. That's their game plan. That's how this team needs to play. They shot 65% from two-point range. Um, went five, five of 13 from three. That's great. That's a perfect number for this team. Went to the free throw line 30 times. Only hit 20. If there were two things in this game that they could have been better, free throw shooting is one. South Carolina got a lot of offensive rebounds, as you heard Conzo say at the end. But, I, hey, Missouri had it in control the whole time. And um, if, if you, anybody out there wants to talk about it, 573-234-4935, feel free to give me a call. Um, but until then, um, or in absence of that, I'm going to roll through, um, through some of your comments. I know we've got a lot of people here in the chat that have, have been hanging out. Uh, Steve P. says, last week, we had two real players. The last few games, we've had six players that were good. Um, 
Yeah, I think Kobe Brown's been pretty good the last two games. Pickett was good last game. I didn't notice him as much tonight. Drew Bugs has been good. Um, this team is still going to, I think, be driven by – you need Tillman, you need Drew Smith. Like, those guys need to be good on a regular basis. And then either Tillman or Mark Smith has to be that that kind of third guy. It doesn't have to be the same one every night, but one of those guys is the most likely. And then you get Mitchell Smith to play his role and Javon Pickett to play his role and Kobe Brown to play his role and Drew Bugs to play his role, and there's your rotation. It's an eight-man rotation. That's your guys. Um, everybody kind of knows, knows their role on the team, um, and it is a team that – I think Tillman's the guy that it runs through, and he's the most important guy. But it has four or five different guys who can score 15 to 20 on a night, right? Like, Javon Pickett's not going to score 15 to 20 every night, but he's done it. Um, it Kobe Brown's not going to score 15 to 20 every night, but he's done it. Mark Smith is capable of scoring 15 to 20 every night. He's not going to do it every night, but he's capable. Same with Drew Smith, same with Pinson. Same with Tillman. So, you know, I, I think uh, I, I think it's got – I think he's got five or six, you know, really good options and then a couple guys that just really know their roles in Mitchell Smith and Drew Buggs. Like, I don't think Mitchell Smith or Drew Buggs is ever going to score 15 points this year. But they know their roles, and, and that's a very important thing. And Conzo knows their roles. You know, he has settled into a rotation much earlier in the season – than he normally settles into one. Uh, Jared says, like the way the team is playing, need to get X going, but thinks Bugs think Bugs has done a really nice job the last couple of games. Seems to be looking more comfortable. I agree. I mean, he actually scored tonight, so that was that was something. But beyond that, he just he's been a steady presence out there, right? When X has been a little up and down the last couple of games, uh, Bugs has been a steady guy, just kind of run the show, direct traffic set guys up and and you know take a shot if it's there but I think he took two shots tonight he made one it was kind of that circus shot back over his head uh when he was getting fouled but that's never going to be his role he's he's not a double figure scorer for this team maybe he was at Hawaii but he's not for this team so um you know I, I I've been impressed with the way he's playing too uh Mark Robinson wants to know is there any way Torrance Watson can resurrect his career at Mizzou yeah I mean next year you know and and like look there might be times this year right guys get in foul trouble guys get hurt right guys miss a game whatever it, like Torrance might might play a role might might make some big plays for this team this year um but as far as being a big scorer and you know a guy that's playing 25 minutes a game that's that's probably next year um and I he seems to be a good teammate and happy and always up for his team on the floor. He's always smiling on the bench, all that. So I don't see any reason to think he wouldn't stay. Other than we know what college sports are these days and, and a transfer is not out of the question, but if he sticks around, I mean, he's going to start for this team next year. I would think I'd be surprised if he didn't, um, you know, uh, Let's see. Yeah, T Rise. Is it good to get out to a fast start? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, sometimes questions are pretty easy to answer, right? Um, Cam says halfway through year four, we finally gotten a consistent Jeremiah Tillman. Yeah, and and you guys have been waiting for it. God knows, Conzo's been waiting for it. No question. Um, David Dowell says Frank Martin seemed unusually mild mannered tonight. I tell you what. Uh, and this is this is I look. I'm a big Frank Martin fan. Have been for years. Uh, I know guys that have covered him that absolutely love him. Going back to Kansas State, and um, so I've always been a big fan of his. Um, but I've listened to Frank talk a few times on the SEC teleconference and stuff this year. And I will tell you, he is a coach that has this thing in perspective. Right? He's had COVID twice. Um, he, you saw, obviously, his hair was falling out, got alopecia. I think it's kind of related to that. Um, and so shaved his head. Um, his team went three weeks without practicing. Like, he's got this in perspective. Sure, he wants to win games. Uh, he wants to win every game he plays. But he also understands what this year is and understands that, hey, man, our team has been dealing with some stuff. I mean, they, they played three games, and then they were off for almost a month. You know, so – he gets where his team's at and and that it's going to take a minute and he has basketball in the proper perspective. For the record, I think Conzo Martin does too. 
I've been really impressed with both how both of those guys have approached it. Hey, they want to win. They're not going to not going to sugarcoat that. That's their job, all that. But and we said this before football season. This year is different. The main goal is to finish. Um and I understand in the heat of the moment like you want your team to win and you're not thinking about all the weird stuff that's going on in the off season and all that and and fans are not going to cut any slack and and they don't care. But the truth of the matter is, is this year is different and winning is a little less important than just playing. Um, I, I mean, that's, and, and Frank Martin's had a great perspective on that. He's had some health issues of his own. He, I know he has had multiple friends uh, pass away from this and, and I've enjoyed listening to Frank. And so I think that's probably a part of it. I think it translates uh, to the bench and in the way he acts probably during games. Um, Isaac says one negative tonight was again turnovers, but if we turn the other team over as well and get transition points, we can survive. So this is pretty interesting. I was looking at the box score before we started this. Um, so Missouri had more turnovers. They had 19 turnovers. South Carolina had 13. At, in the first half, that number was even, I think, nine apiece. South Carolina actually didn't turn it over much in the second half. Uh, but Missouri had six more turnovers. Off of Missouri's 19 turnovers, South Carolina scored 18 points. Off of South Carolina's 13 turnovers, Missouri scored 23 points. So Missouri was phenomenal at converting those turnovers, whether they were in transition or, or just in a half-court set. Basically, Missouri got six fewer turnovers than South Carolina got, and they scored five more points off of them. Uh, so incredibly efficient for Missouri. Basically, every time South Carolina turned the ball over, Missouri scored about 1.8 points. Uh, every time Missouri turned the ball over, South Carolina scored 0.95 points. So um, that's a it, it's not a recipe, right? It's probably not always going to happen that way. But Isaac, what you said is kind of right. Um, yeah, too many turnovers, but. If you're getting points off the other team's turnovers, that does mitigate it a little bit. Um, and there you go, Jonah, with the shift shout out with the uh, potential Alex Schiffer's claim to fame is breaking the uh, the Porter possibility on our site, no question. Um, all right, Dalton Bark Barker from Sharky's Pub in in Nevada, Missouri. That's I I, I hope you really are in Nevada. That's awesome, Dalton. Uh, again, uh, obviously a G Pits listener, so I appreciate that. And uh, I've got family that they're no longer in Nevada, but they were um, for a long time. I, I spent some times in uh, in Nevada. Um, all right, not engaging on a South Carolina win, especially versus a bald Frank Martin. I'm not sure what that means. Um, I, I don't know if it means you're not going to get excited about this win, but like this is a good win. South Carolina is, they're a team that has tournament hopes and aspirations. Uh, this is, you know, AJ Lawson preseason, I think player of the year. Well, no, I'm sorry. That was a, uh, uh, Johnson down at, at Florida, but AJ Lawson preseason first team, all sec, uh, good player, you know. Frank Martin's a good coach. South Carolina has tournament hopes this year, so this is this is a solid win. Um, the last first team All SEC center at Missouri, um, Evan Bay, maybe. I don't think so, actually. Um, no, I no, they haven't had a, a Missouri is. I'm pretty sure not had an All SEC big man. Uh, last all-conference one, I would assume Ricardo Ratliff was, but I'd have to go back and look. But like we talked about, he, he wasn't exactly a, uh, a senior. Um, okay, Dan Dan points out that Missouri would be tied for fifth because Florida will be 5-3 and three after tonight. Maybe that's true. Maybe the standings I was looking at weren't updated, but um, I don't think that's accurate. I think Florida won, beat Tennessee tonight to get to 4-3. and three. Um, I'm going to refresh my, I'm pretty sure. Cause they have Missouri at three and two Florida has beaten Vanderbilt, LSU, Ole Miss and Tennessee. They've lost to Mississippi state, Kentucky and Alabama. So Florida's four and three in league play. Those standings are already updated. So, uh, Missouri would be tied for fourth. If Mississippi state loses to Ole Miss, they are still down by four with 12 and a half minutes left. I am. I, I'm simply stunned by Alabama. I mean, 60 points in the first half, 73 to 44 right now. This is a team that 
they were five and three in the non-con. I mean, they didn't they didn't really even look very good in the non-conference. They were one of the most disappointing teams in the league, and now all of a sudden, I mean, they're unstoppable. They're about to go to seven and zero in this league, and and they're just rolling people. So. Uh, yeah, and then Dan did follow up that I'd accounted for that. Sorry, Dan didn't see the follow up comment till I saw the first comment. Um, okay, if you could add any player from the past five years to this team, who would it be? Um, I mean, can I pick a healthy Michael Porter? Because I think that's who you pick clearly. Um, but if I can't pick him, I pick Jonte. Uh, I, putting him next to Tillman playing the way he's playing. You put Jonte out in the high post, Tillman in the low post, you got a heck of a combo there. Now, I know the tempting thing is probably to say Cassius Robertson for a great three-point shooter, and I get it, but no, I'd add Jonte because I think Jonte's the best all-around player that we've actually seen play uh, for this team since Conzo has been here. Um, wasn't there talk that Frank Martin wanted to come to Mizzou when we hired K.A.? Frank Martin has... Frank Martin would have taken the Missouri job a couple of different times, um, no question. Okay, so Steve P. is asking for a defensive coordinator update. I know this is a foot uh, a basketball show, but we did put some news out on our message board earlier today. And so for those of you who maybe weren't on there and didn't see it, I, don't, I, I assume most of, of our viewers here are Power Mizzou subscribers, but it's possible you weren't. So if you're tuning in here and you haven't seen it or – don't subscribe. This is the kind of stuff you can get. And and I know that there has since been another story out there, but I, it was about 3 o'clock this afternoon. I posted a name, and, and at that point I wasn't sure where things stood exactly. But I just wanted to put the name out there that I'd heard uh, the name Steve Wilkes mentioned. And uh, a lot of you guys may not know who Steve Wilkes is because um, I had to uh, I had to kind of do some research myself. Well, he has not coached in college since 2004. He's been in the NFL since then. He's he's been a defensive backs coach. He's been a defensive coordinator uh, for the Panthers, for the Browns. He was the Arizona Cardinals head coach in 2018. Uh, he went three and 13, so it wasn't a great year. And then he ended up getting fired because Arizona wanted to draft Kyler Murray, and they wanted to bring a coach in that ran the system that Kyler Murray would be good in. So they fired Steve Wilkes and hired uh, Cliff Kingsbury. But I put on our board about 3 o'clock this afternoon, hey, I'm hearing this name. Don't know how much there is to it, but somebody mentioned the name. Well, asked a few questions over the next few hours, and, like, I think I, I'm not going to say he's – I don't know that he's the guy. I don't think a hire has been made. I don't think a decision has been made. I'm pretty comfortable saying he's the he's definitely in the top handful, and I think he's the top target. Um, to be quite honest with you, um, I I think we the the goal is to know something by the end of the week to have a hire made by the end of the week. I believe from what I'm hearing, and if I had to guess tonight, I think the hope is that that hire is Steve Wilkes. Now, hey, it's possible there's another name out there, another interview that was done that I, maybe they're they're still sorting through. Again, I don't think an offer has been made. I, I know an offer hasn't been accepted. But I do think Steve Wilkes is, um, is right up there. Uh, David Gibbs is involved. Um, but I think I, I think Wilkes is, is the hope right now. And we'll see where it goes. I mean, he's going to have some options. He did not coach last year. Um, after getting fired uh, at Arizona, he was defensive coordinator for a year in Cleveland. Well, then Cleveland had a coaching change. When when Kevin Stefanski came in, he brought in new guys on his staff and read a story, and Wilkes said, you know what, after three years of just kind of moving and all that, I'm going to take a year off because I want to make sure the next job I take is the right job where I can hang around for a while. Now, I know he is uh, – He's been tied to Ron Rivera. A job in Washington would not be impossible. I don't know where they stand. I mean, their defense was pretty good. Uh, so I don't know that they need a defensive coordinator. But um, NFL jobs are a possibility, I think, with him, uh, especially with the way things are shaking out, you know, with new coaches being hired different places and this and that. Um, but if Eli Drinkwitz could could convince him, you know, to take the job in, in college, I mean, this is a, he's been a coach for 25 years. He's only 51 years old. He he's coached multiple. He played at App State, 
Uh, he's coached multiple places in college. Again, not since 2004, but did have multiple college jobs before he went to the NFL. He's been all over the NFL. He was an NFL head coach, which I've got to imagine is a, a pretty impressive thing to be able to tell kids on the recruiting trail. And he was a, an NFL defensive coordinator and, and you know, a pretty decent one uh, with the Panthers. So I, that's the name we know. David Gibbs involved. Uh, Dave Matter, I think, reported that there are three candidates involved. So I, I'm not sure who the third one is. Could be another NFL guy because I've heard that the NFL is kind of where Drinkwitz might be looking. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's where things stand right now. So, Steve, appreciate you asking and, and hope you guys did all see that on our message board earlier today because, like, when you run a subscription website, we want the subscription to be worth something. I, I'm not trying to tweet that out, tweet out every piece of information we have. I put it on here because um, I appreciate you guys watching um, and hanging out with me late. But, uh, well, I guess it's not that late. But, uh, but you know, not everything is has to be tweeted out for the people who don't want to pay. So some of that stuff, that's the kind of stuff you find on our message board if you, if you sign up. So hopefully you will. And, uh, and Steve, appreciate the, uh, the, the chance to – to do the ad there. Um, Mizzou is looking like a solid four to six seed in the NCAA. I, that's where it would be as of today. I think they could play themselves up. They could play themselves down too. Um, I would say as of now, you're looking four to six. I think the ceiling is probably a three. I, I guess there are ways maybe they could play themselves into a two, but that it have to have to really involve a heck of a run over the last you know month and a half of the season, um, and the floor is look if this team misses the NCAA tournament it's borderline disaster. I mean at nine and two the way you're started, I mean you should not be missing the NCAA tournament. So I guess the floor should be like a nine or a ten, um, you know, and and I think even that would be disappointing. Um, and Case says would love to have the Mississippi State game back, and, and I agree, I, and I understand that. But like every team's going to have one of those, right? It, it, Alabama was five and three in the non-conference. LSU's getting beat by thirty-two points right now. Uh, Mississippi State's losing to an Ole Miss team that can't beat anybody. Uh, Tennessee got beat by twenty-nine tonight. Uh, every it's it's college basketball. Everybody has them, and I get it. It's frustrating. You don't want to have them, but. You just do sometimes. It it happens to almost everybody. It hadn't happened to Gonzaga. It hadn't happened to Baylor. But it's happened to almost everybody else. Um, okay. If polls stay true to form, uh, Missouri, a win on Saturday should have Missouri ranked 21st. Hey, yeah, you know, I was a little surprised Missouri dropped two spots this week. But uh, I think it just had to do with they didn't play for a week. And then, you know, they hadn't. One win against, honestly, Texas A&M's a bad team. And so I think other teams just played more and, and probably, you know, got a little bump out of that. But if they win Saturday, they'll be in the top 15. Now, might be in the top 10. I'm not sure. Uh, Dan brings up a good point. South Carolina played hard, and that's one reason Frank wasn't especially upset. I, I think that's probably fair to say, yeah. Um it, Tyler Wynn, glad to see you here. If Mark or X shoot well from three, we have a chance to win at Tennessee. Why is a top 25 matchup not on ESPN? I, I don't – I mean, those those are set before the season, and frankly, I don't think most people expected Missouri to be this good. I mean, they could move it around, I guess, if they wanted to. I don't even know what channel it's on. Probably SEC Network, I guess. But, um, yeah, you know. Um, any known previous – I assume that should be previous and not precious – connection between Wilkes and Drinkwitz. Uh, yeah, David, actually, Charlie Harbison was on um, was on Steve Wilkes' staff in Arizona in 2018. I believe he was the safeties coach. I can't remember for sure. Um, but he, Charlie Harbison, who is a safeties coach at Mizzou, was on, st on Steve Wilkes' staff with the Arizona Cardinals. So I think that's your connection. Uh, now, Wilkes did play at Appalachian State, but like when he graduated, I think Drinkwitz was five. So, you know, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think there might have been seven, but I don't think there's any, any big connection there. Um, uh, let's see. So, um, I am case quoting John Rothstein. I don't feel great about that, but, uh, yeah, Bama really playing well. Um, 
Cam Cameron, what's the deal with the KU games the next couple of years? I mean, they'll be played. I assume the whole series will just get moved back. I, I would think that next year would be at Sprint Center and technically be the KU home game. And then, you know, then they'll do the, the rotating, you know, Lawrence and, and Columbia and all that. And then, then the last one in, I don't know, whatever year that is, six years from whatever next year is, would be uh, Missouri's home game in Kansas City. I think that's probably how it would work. So, yeah, um, Ole Miss now up 11 on Mississippi State in Starkville. So, again, see, guys, every team has a night like that, right? Mississippi State's having one right now. But uh, Ole Miss getting a win that would, would bump Missouri up in the standings. Again, uh, Missouri will be tied for fourth if uh, Mississippi State drops that game to Ole Miss. Tigers uh, in action on Saturday, 7.30 p.m. against Tennessee. And um, appreciate you guys hanging out. We'll put the stats up there just just one more time. We'll also uh, thank Burger Smokehouse one more time. Burger Smokehouse does uh, – they are the official smokehouse of Mizzou Athletics. They are also the official smokehouse of our postgame show. Um, I don't know – well, I know which one of those I think is more important. I don't know which one – they think is more important. I probably do, but um, I, I would prefer that they would think the same as I do. Anyway, Burger Smokehouse has, uh, you know, natural smoked meat. Uh, all, they only use natural smoke processes, no liquid. So you get the great taste in the bacon. The hickory smoked bacon is, is really good. Um, the pulled pork, the ribs, I've had quite a bit of it. It's all really good. You pick it up at any grocery store. You can go to smokehouse.com and check them out there, get their stuff. Uh, they make this possible for us to do after every basketball game. And we're also doing it before every basketball game, which is, is kind of tied in, certainly. So appreciate Burger Smokehouse for, uh, for making that possible. Appreciate you guys for hanging out here with me tonight. Um, we'll be back on Saturday. Tip-offs at 7.30, so we'll start the pregame at 6.30. We'll do post-game later into the night. It's a weekend, so, uh, you know, we'll see. The bragging rights game on Saturday night was pretty lively, so we might have a little livelier post-game show than a ho-hum 81-70 win uh, for Mizzou. But the Tigers do get the win. They go to 9-2, and 3-2 and two in the league. Jeremiah Tillman, Mark Smith, Drew Smith, big nights. Easy win, easy show. Appreciate you guys being here. Plenty more to come on Power Mizzou, so we will uh, catch up next time.